It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is country artist Emmy Sunshine, who recently was in Las Vegas for a private concert. Her latest album is Family Wars, available on her website and all the usual places. Rolling Stone named Emmy Sunshine one of the 10 new country artists you need to know. For everything about Emmy Sunshine, go to theemmysunshine.com and follow her on Twitter at the Emmy Sunshine. She's also on Facebook and on Instagram. And Emmy Sunshine, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me on. The most important thing that I want to stress to our listeners is you are not exactly in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, and yet you've achieved quite a bit, more than I have, and I'm only 18. So uh, (laughs) you are currently 16 years old, if I'm correct. Yeah, I am, yes. And how in the world did you get to a point where you're recording albums, you're performing with great country names and other big names in the world of music, and as I mentioned about the Rolling Stones designation as well. How did you get to all that at the at the old age of 16, which obviously you started very young? Yeah, um, I started singing around five years old and writing music around that time as well and playing ukulele, and, and it just kind of turned into a career over time. I mean, I, I kept practicing and kind of figuring out what I wanted to do for a career, and I just, I ended up here. <laughs> and the thing that amazes me about you is that you have accomplished so much in terms of both the songwriting element, the performing element, and of course, recording albums as well. Just talk a little bit about the influences on your musicality. I will give you my sense of where I think you come from, because I think you're a mix of old and new country. Well, yeah, I listened to a lot of different music when I was younger. I listened to a lot of Americana and a lot of blues and a lot of older country stuff. So it was just kind of a mixture of all types of music, which was really great. So for for me, uh, I really just kind of explored a lot of different things. But I listened to a lot of the Dixie Chicks when I was younger. It was like the first kind of band or whatever that I, I really got into. Um, I think I was around five or six. And I, my mom wanted me to listen to them. And it just kind of influenced me from there. And um, I kept looking into different things I wanted to do. And I started writing music at that point. And yeah, I had a lot of different um, influences, but uh, they they were like one of the first, I guess. And also, too, yeah, you synthesized all of your influences into your own unique voice and style and approach to things. And of course, some of your writing, if people listen, especially to your current album, Family Awards, you'll see quite an adult approach to topics which belies your age. And again, I, I come back to it because so many people don't get going until their 20s, 30s, and 40s. Some people even get started in their 60s. But you started at an early age. And I, your background is from a musical family as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, my dad is a sound engineer, and my mom is the writer. Uh, so it just kind of runs in my family. My great-grandmother was a singer, and my grandmother, and pretty much everybody in my family um, was involved in music in some way or another. So it was just something I was born into that was pretty normal for us. We would just play and sing, and then somehow I ended up doing this. Do you ever get the family jealousy going where your father or your mother or some other sibling or relative says, I was the most influenced on Emmy? Well, no, not really, because they all had a collective influence. So it's never really been a competition. We all just kind of 
learn from each other. So that's what's pretty beautiful about it, I think. How do you handle education in the middle of all this stuff? In other words, do you have a private tutoring or do you actually go to school? Because again, you're 16. I've been homeschooled since kindergarten, so it's nothing new for me. So yeah, I've been homeschooled all my life and I like it a lot. So it helps me to be able to be creative and to what I do. And and it's uh, a little bit more uh, flexible for my career. Sure. Do you get a chance to socialize with people of your own age or are you more in the world of adults these days? Um, I have a lot of different friends that I have from home. So I, I guess I socialize with pretty much everybody. I mean, I have my workplace and what I do and and I uh, have business that's mostly centered around adults, but I have a lot of um, younger artists that I work with, too. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're <laughs> I have a lot of different people in my life, really. And you were born in the, or you were raised, yeah, yeah, I guess you were born in a small town in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee. What was the name of the town? Yeah, the town's called Madisonville. It's just a little town in East Tennessee. Are you still based in Tennessee? Um, yeah, I, I live there still. It's really nice. I mean, it's quiet, and we, we have all of our animals, and we're able to have pigs and chickens and turkeys and stuff, so it's cool. Do you get a cultural divide when you fly or travel to a major city or a, a recording studio that's in another state or another city in order to do some business or to record something or to perform something? Do you see this divide between your home life and where you are at when you're performing or recording? Not really. I mean, I've traveled most of my life and I've seen all types of places and I've gone to a lot of cities and a lot of small towns. So, I mean, it's not really anything surprising. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of different places. So I, I guess it's all, it's all beautiful in its own way and it's, it's really cool. So, I mean, I think that it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much uh, all the same for me since I've been to most of them going back and forth to home and to big cities all my life. So, yeah. Good. I'm going to talk a little bit about your collaboration with Bootsy Collins in a moment, because you did The Power of One, which is going to be released October 23rd, correct? Mm-hmm, that's correct. Okay, and I want to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But first, getting back to your latest album, Family Wars, when you started to write that, did you have one idea in mind, or was it a series of interconnected philosophies or thoughts that, that you put the album together with? I think it was a collective thoughts around that time that I was kind of putting songs together for that album. And a lot of songs that were um, written around that time, they, they were pretty much, I think a lot of them were very connected to each other and what I was thinking in that time as well. So, yeah, I feel like that album, a lot of the songs that are in it are very connected because they're pretty much what was going through my head during that time. And when you were putting the album together, did you envision it as a concept album initially or were were you working on different songs and then as it took form you said yes this will be what people tend to call a concept album yeah i feel like that was the original intention i think that it was supposed to be just something that was considered a concept album i guess but we put all those songs together um and i just thought well yeah they're they're just a bunch of different songs that are very different from each other and they they have their own little thing and and then and they're all very unique so, I mean, I, I think that it was absolutely ori- the original intention. And when you finish an album, in terms of the songwriting side, not the recording side, are you looking to other people to give you feedback on the music and lyrics 
before you go into the studio. In other words, to look at it and say, well, maybe you should change this or take this out or add this, that kind of thing. Definitely. I mean, I think a lot of times that's very, very beneficial for an album. I mean, for uh, me, I have my vocal coach, Sheree. If there's anything different that I need to do vocally in a song, she'll she'll definitely tell me. And then uh, I had her in on that album to help me out a little bit, um, which was great. And I also had um, my producer, Tony Brown. He was there to kind of help us out and to uh, kind of give pointers on if we need to take some stuff out or kind of leave something in or try something new in a song, which really kind of made the album, if you ask me. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's very beneficial to um, the album and the artist. Before I get into the specific tracks, I, I did want to ask you about one or two of the tracks in the album, but when you mentioned just a moment ago your vocal coach, I, I thought that was interesting from this point of view. I know a lot of artists use vocal coaches, and sometimes for their whole career, they're always learning in terms of that, but it's interesting that, you, A, you publicly acknowledge that you have a vocal coach, and B, what kind of things do you learn from a vocal coach? Well, um, that's a very good question. I don't get asked that a lot of times. For me, I was working on um, uh, just placement in general of, like, um, my head voice and uh, my mid-range and falsetto during that time, and that was something I was needing help with in certain songs. So I had her in um, to help with that. But also for my brother John, he was singing on the track "O Caroline," and he he needed some help on his part. So I feel like a vocal coach is very very cool to have for um, when you're working on an album, especially if it's somebody who is not as you know uh, experienced with singing um, a lot. Which my brother, he, he was just coming in on one track, and he was a little bit worried about it at first, but he got the hang of it. It was really cool, and I'm very glad he got to be on the album. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's very cool to have a have a vocal coach there. But yeah, she helps with a lot of stuff like that. And also, you know, it's just making sure that you're taking care of your voice and making sure you're not hurting it in any way. And that's the trick, isn't it? In other words, uh, I would think that that's the most valuable contribution of a vocal coach, enabling you to sustain a long career with your singing by protecting your voice, learning how not to strain it too much. Yeah, that's very important. I mean, that's something that I think every artist needs to learn and and to take care of their voice. I mean, you can have such potential and then burn out eventually and and hurt yourself and that's and that's a really really scary thing for any artist cuz we make we make our money off of this. This is our career. This is something we're putting our heart into. And I think that uh yeah, it's very very important. So, yeah. For that album, I, I really wanted her in on that, um, a vocal coach, and she really um, brought a lot to it, I think. So, yeah. And does she give you advice in terms of as you get older, and again, you're only 16, so it's all relative, but as you get older, maybe your 20s, 30s, 40s, etc., because you obviously are in it for the long term. Does she give you advice on how to deal with possible changes of pitch or some other element of your vocal range? Yeah. My voice is actually changing a little bit before I came to see her. So she absolutely helped with that during that time. But And I think now my voice is at a point where it's very, very strong and it's doing well. And, and, it, and I, I've learned how to take care of it better for myself and for the shows and making sure that they are, they're good. And, and, and that's something that I really, really am appreciative of, of her. But um, yeah, she, 
she told me a lot about, you know, before a show, making sure that you're warming up and making sure that you are drinking enough fluids, which is something that I had a hard time with. But also, you know, tea and, and a lot of different things and cutting out certain things from your diet, dairy products and stuff to make sure that, you know, your your voice is going to sound good. You know, I mean, like it can cause a lot of problems on stage and, and that's something that... um I, I, it really helped me. So, yeah, she gives a lot of advice for, you know, how, how my how my voice grows and, and where I go from there and making sure that my placement is good and I'm taking care of myself, which is the most important thing. Which I also imagine would include such basic things as taking vitamins and exercising and getting enough sleep. Oh, absolutely. That's a very big part of it. I remember putting in a lot of different vitamins around that time when I was traveling a lot. And that was something that really helped me for my immune system. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, really uh, a very big part of it, making sure you're taking care of your body so your voice can um, do, well as, do well, too. So, yeah. When you go on stage, do you feel a different element to your performance as opposed to recording in a studio? And obviously, there's an audience there, so that's going to be an issue. And there's lighting and there's other elements of production that are not not necessarily the same in a recording studio. But can you feel the vibe as being different on stage performing in front of an audience versus recording in a studio? Most definitely. I think any artist could because I think the, the difference there is the energy and what you're doing. I mean, when you're in a studio, it's more of a serious thing. I mean, it's you only have so much time and you're paying for a studio and you're in there trying to, you know, make your time worth it, you know? And that's something that uh, you got to kind of build up your energy for and you have to uh, kind of get excited for, which is harder when you don't have an audience there. Because an audience is the per- people that just, kind of get you ready and they get you pumped up before a show and, and it's like that's something that is really 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 cool for live shows because you get to feed off of each other's energy and, and you get to stand up there and entertain them which is the whole point I mean it's, it's great but for a recording situation that's a little bit more uh, serious and you have to uh, kind of make sure everything is perfect and, that's, and it's, uh, it's very uh, tedious. But it's also more intimate, too, because you're recording and you have the microphone very close to you. And again, you don't have the crowd, so you're communicating in a whole different way. Yeah, and I think you can focus more on your craft a lot of times, which is uh, always important. Yes, even though it's more expensive because you're, re- you're paying for the, re- the studio time, at the same time, you're in a more intimate setting and you can focus on your voice and not worry about the audience. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's take a break. My guest country artist, Emmy Sunshine, who was recently in Las Vegas for a private concert. Her latest album is Family Wars, available on her website and all the usual places. For everything about Emmy Sunshine, go to theemmysunshine.com and follow her on Twitter at the Emmy Sunshine and also on Facebook and on Instagram. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. You think you know Vegas? But how much do you really know about this neon city? See the dark side of the bright lights at the Ma Museum where you can explore how a tough little town transformed into a gaming metropolis with a little help from organized crime. You won't find these stories of lawbreakers and law enforcement, mob bosses and prosecutors anywhere else. The Mob Museum in downtown Las Vegas. 
More information at themobmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with country artist Emmy Sunshine. Her latest album is Family Wars, available on her website and all the usual places. For everything about Emmy Sunshine, go to theemmysunshine.com and follow her on Twitter at theemmysunshine. And you can follow her also on Facebook and on Instagram. I may stumble on that. If I said the Emmy Sunshine three times, I don't think I'd make it. Well, I mean, you get used to it eventually. I guess. Let me let me try it while we're here. The Emmy Sunshine, the Emmy Sunshine, the Emmy Sunshine. Well, I did it. Okay, that's good. Yeah, you did it. I like it. When you are <laughs> when you are talking about performing, you also were on the Grand Ole Opry stage. I was, yeah, about fifteen times actually. Well, what what was that like? And were you in the original stage at the Ryman Auditorium, or were you in the the newer version, but still with the circle? The, the newer version of The Circle, and I played the Ryman um, about two or three times. So that was really cool. I was there for Marty Stewart's Late Night Jam, which was awesome, um, and I was there a couple of times. So, what, what was your take on that? I know you, you don't necessarily know, or you may, the whole history of the Grand Ole Opry, but you must have had some inkling of it just by growing up in, in the musical family that you have and a sense of who are some of these artists that were there at one time or another. Did you get that sense of being in a very historic place? Oh, definitely. I mean, like, I feel like it's um, a very, very, it was a very big deal for me, and it still is. I mean, I feel like it's a great place with artists that I grew up listening to, and and that's something that was very, very important. And I and I knew the history of it because it's been something that my family has been deeply rooted in. Because my great grandmother, she um, sang on the Tennessee Barn Dance, and she uh, met Jim Carter at one point. And yeah, I mean, it's it's something that is deeply rooted in my family, so I knew a lot about it. Let's talk a little bit about The Power of One. You co-wrote Stargate, and you also performed it on the album that's coming out October 23rd. Is that a change for you, or just a different way to express yourself? I feel like it's a different way to express myself, really. I mean, I'm very, very honored that I got to be a part of it, and Bootsy, uh, he's, he's incredible, and and it's it's been something that I'm very, very happy I got to be part of. And writing the lyric for that song as well was an honor. And, and working with so many different musicians that I really wouldn't have come in contact with without being a part of that whole project. But yeah, I mean, Stars was a really, really cool song to write and sing as well. So, I mean, it, it was a really, really cool collaboration. And I, and I don't think it was, you know, out of my comfort zone or anything like that. I felt like it was something that, you know, I just really wanted it to do, and I, I did it. Because here's the thing, with genre, it doesn't matter as much. I mean, you just have different people playing music who are having a good time. And I mean, like, it it really doesn't matter if the music is good and the message is clear. That makes sense. How did you meet Bootsy Collins? I was going to play uh, some sort of, some, some kind of parade. It was opening day parade for the Reds in Cincinnati. And when we were there, this whole COVID thing happened, and we had to go home and skip that, which was very, very sad, but very understandable. So we got home, and Bootsy was looking into us, and my dad was telling me all about Bootsy. And then eventually, he contacted us and was like, hey, do you want to work on a project with me? And I was like, absolutely. And that's pretty much how it started and we still haven't met in person yet but we worked on that whole project together 
the miracle of technology. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, for our listeners who are Elvis fans, you actually sang a song in in the backseat of Elvis Presley's 1963 Rolls Royce. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, that was really, really cool. I was a part of a documentary called The King, filmed by Eugene Jarecki, and that was really, really cool. Um, we got we were in Nashville at the time, and he asked us to be a part of it. So it was me, my brother, my dad, and my uncle, and all of us in the back seat of Elvis Presley's Rolls Royce. And it was really, really hot outside that day. We had all of our instruments in there in this little car. <laughs> with no air and conditioning or air conditioning? With no air conditioning. <laughs> it, it was burning. <laughs> and we were in there for hours, but it was well worth it because a few years later, after we filmed this, we got a call from Eugene and his team and they were like, Hey, so turns out that we're going to have this whole thing happening in France where, you know, it's up for an award or whatever uh, for a Cannes film festival. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And they're like, we want you to come. And we were like, okay. So we went to this whole thing and that was really, really cool. And it was my first time going to France, which was, it was beautiful, and it was a great experience for me. But then later on, uh, it was up for an award at Sundance, and and it, it was doing very, very well. And I, I'm, I think at one point, the soundtrack was up for a Grammy. So, yeah, it's it's done very, very well. And your song was Johnny, June, and Jesus, and I assume June is June Carter Cash. Most definitely, yes. Yep. I also want to point out to people who are already impressed with you the fact that you received the Desmond Child Anthem Award at the ASCAP Foundation Honors Event, and it was an award established by Desmond Child to recognize promising young songwriters, and you received that when you were 15 years old. I did, yeah. That was really, really cool. We got to be there for that, and I was not. I remember when I was nominated, and I was like, oh, that's really cool, but then I won, and I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. Um, <laughs> That's great. But yeah, I, I won and we, we got to go and we got to meet Desmond and, and we got to hang out with him, which was awesome. And then I got the award and, and it, it was a really, really awesome experience and such an honor. So it's, it, it was it was amazing. Now, I just want you to know, I'm looking at my desk at my bookshelf, and on it are no awards from either ASCAP or Grammys or any awards at all, and no album covers, and no songs that I've written, and I'm a few years older than you. So just the fact that you're 16 and you've done all this stuff so far, do you look ahead and you say to yourself, well, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to be getting this, doing this, and accomplishing that? Or do you just focus on the here and now? I mean, I focus on the here and now, really. I mean, I think you take it one day at a time, and and you kind of see where you're going from there. I mean, I think I do have goals, of course, but I feel like it's more important to um, just be here in the moment and what I'm doing because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get this time back. I'm 16 years old, and I, I feel like I need to really treasure these moments that I have. You do, and it's also, and not to give anybody any advice, but really when you're that young and you've done so much, you do have to make sure you have enough room for, and it seems that you do, for friends and family and as well as the professional aspect of it as well and enjoying yourself at that, at that age. Absolutely. I agree with that. Do you see yourself performing in or acting in movies down the road? I've been asked that so many times. I don't really know. I mean, if the opportunity arises, I don't think I would decline. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, that's good. Do you think that, okay, this is even more important question from my perspective. Do you think that at some point you'll be performing separate from any private events or concerts? Do you think that you will be performing on a regular basis at some point in Las Vegas? Maybe. I mean, I like Vegas. So if if that ever happens, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. You just won't, unfortunately, be able to gamble or drink or any of that stuff, at least for a few more years than you will be able to, at least legally. So there we go. Because of all the material you've written so far, is there one song of yours that's your favorite song as opposed to all the other ones that you like, but there's one that resonates with you as not as an anthem or as a theme song, but that you personally identify with? That's an awesome question. Thank you. Well, I guess for me, one of my songs that I wrote actually pretty recently, I guess, I wrote a song called Hibiscus that was um, about a friend of mine um, that I was pretty much just writing about being appreciative for pretty much having this friend in my life. And we were, I was kind of just talking about how I haven't had very many close friends for a majority of my life so far because I, I like to keep my circle small and I like to, you know, really only let people in my life who I truly trust. And this person came into my life, and I truly trust this person. So, I mean, for me, it was something that was just kind of being like, hey, I'm very surprised that I um, have let you become a part of my life, and I really do appreciate you. And and it's just kind of talking about, you know, my whole experience with friendship and my whole experience with kind of just having a normal life every now and then. So. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot about me and my friends, so I, I deeply resonate with it. And also, do you have to, when you do decide to admit someone into that small circle, Do you is it a combination of analyzing the person and the emotional acceptance of the person? I understand you have your guard up, but do you at the same time bifurcate that acceptance based on what you're looking at logically and, on the other hand, what you're comfortable with emotionally? Most definitely, for me, one of my best friends, her name is Kayla, and I've been friends with her since I was maybe, I don't even know how, maybe nine, and we have been best friends ever since. And she did the, she did one thing that really, really kind of made her so close to me. She treated me just so normally, and that is something that I really wanted in a friendship. I wanted someone to treat me normally, and I wanted someone to just want to be friends with me just because of my character and who I am as a person and not off of what I do for a living. So that is something that she really kind of brought into my life and something consistent and normal and something that was just very uh, childlike and very spontaneous in how she is. So for me, my first thing when I look at when I am letting someone in my life or if I am just how they treat me and how they kind of treat my my job. And if they don't want to be too involved in it, then I'm like, okay, that's great. We can be friends. This is awesome. But if they are too involved in it and they are, you know, too um, uh, hyperfixated on it, then I, I'm just like, no, this isn't going to work. So most of the time it's, it's based off of that. That makes sense. There's the other side of the coin, which is that once you decide to let someone in, you have to also be willing to go into their world as well. Yeah, and that's and that's something that I am absolutely great with. You know, I love being able to be there for my friends and for them to be there for me. So it's 
it's a it's a very very cool thing but the, the one thing that um is very difficult about it is when you do have a best friend and you're gone all the time it's 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 kind of sad because you're texting each other every day and not being able to see each other a lot but um sometimes i'll bring my friends on the road and stuff too which is always fun so yeah we, we make it work excellent well that's a great way to leave it my guest has been country artist emmy sunshine her latest album is Family Wars. It's available on her website and all the usual places. For everything about Emmy Sunshine, go to theemmysunshine.com. You could follow her on Twitter at the Emmy Sunshine, and she's also on Facebook and on Instagram. Emmy, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me on. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah,